Alright hockey fans, welcome back to episode 8 of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. Jesse Liebman here alongside Solar Bears defenseman Alexander Kukali and Captain Mike Monfredo. Alexander, you're a second time back here on the podcast joining us, but Mike, your first time, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be back. Alright guys, so we're finally here, 72 games down and in the books, and it's playoff time. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's been a real long season, a real battle, and just uh, excited to get on the way. Yeah, it's uh, the best time of the year. This is where the real season starts now, so we prepared and uh, we're ready to get on a good roll. Kelly Cup playoffs begin. First round of the playoffs begin this week at Amway Center, Wednesday and Friday, games one and two against the South Carolina Stingrays. Uh, it kind of got down to the wire. The Solar Bears were assured of a playoff spot already entering the final week of the regular season. There were still some moving pieces up in the air. Were we going to see Jacksonville? Were we going to see possibly Atlanta, maybe South Carolina? It was looking like Jacksonville up until Sunday afternoon. Solar Bears beat Jacksonville in regulation, and then Atlanta pulling off a late last-second win against uh, against the Gladiators. And now for the second straight year, Mike, I mean, we saw South Carolina last year in the playoffs in the first round and back at it again. Yeah, you, uh, you know, swept them last year, but expect this year to be a lot different, a bigger battle. And uh, hopefully all the guys bring their A games and come out of there with some clutch wins. Well, I mean, let's talk about the final week of the regular season without getting into games specifically. I mean, the season wraps up for Orlando, 5-0-1 tear down, down the stretch. I mean, how vital is it to have the team clicking like that heading into the postseason? Yeah, I think it's a it's just a, a feel good atmosphere. You know, we want to we didn't want to think about any of the standings and the moving pieces. I mean, we got our playoff spot and we were happy about that. Obviously, you want to finish as high as you can, and I thought we did a pretty good job of that with our scheduling and, and the traveling and everything. But you just want to come in on a high note, and I think we've done that. Yeah, it's also great to see that uh, the lines are clicking which is huge going into playoffs, knowing that every line's going to be contributing. Our goalies are standing on their heads, so it doesn't matter if it's Windsor or Ingram and Nett. We know that we got some stellar goalies back there, and the defense is doing their job and shutting guys down. Well, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit, because you're primarily a defenseman. You're both defensemen, matter of fact. But, Mike, for the entire time that you've played in pro with Quad City, with Rapid City, and coming to Orlando last year, you've been primarily used as a defenseman. This year, things kind of changed up a little bit. I want to say it was around mid-February where Drake Barahowski asked you to play up at forward, and it seems to have been working in the, in the instances where you've had to play up. Well, we had a lot of guys hurt, so uh, Drake was looking towards Donnie, actually, to play forward. And I told him I could do the job. I wanted the chance and gave it to me. But if I had my brother's goal-scoring touch, I think I'd be a little bit more effective up there than just a big body uh, banging guys around. Well, you've, had a couple of, you've chipped in a couple of goals and points uh, in, at times here up at forward. I mean, you primarily last played as a forward when? Roller hockey? Roll hockey. All summer long at my uh, dad's rink I play, so it helps, but ice is a little different than roller because I'm kind of a stud back home. You know, I don't mean to brag about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you back home, that's uh, that's Long Island, right? So you're a fellow New Yorker like myself. I, I was more of a suburbs guy, but Long Island, what's that like growing up on Long Island playing hockey? Uh, it was not very popular. Everyone was either football or lacrosse, but they happened to be at the same time during the year, so had to choose and just uh, liked hockey so much, just stuck it out. And for you, this is the thing we were talking about on the ride here. 
I was shocked to discover you weren't an Islanders fan growing up. You weren't even a Rangers fan. What fan were you? Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, you know, my dad was growing up. He was a Broad Street Bullies fan. And, you know, when your dad's a fan of a hockey team, you tend to be that fan as well. But he also had uh, Islander tickets for me and my brother to go to. And we used to actually pick our games, who we, which uh, teams we'd want to go see. And every now and again, my dad would bring all three of us but he'd only have two tickets, and because my brother was younger, we'd go in and my dad would be like, all right, everyone have your ticket, and I'd go to give my ticket, my dad would get his ticket, and then he'd look at my brother to give his ticket, and my brother wouldn't have one. So my dad would start yelling, where's your ticket? How'd you lose your ticket? What did you do with it? <laughs> and the guy would feel so bad, he would just let my brother in, because my dad would be going nuts on my brother for no reason. <laughs> for a second there, I thought you were gonna say that you and your brother stood on one another's shoulders oh, no, and no, no. a giant trench none coat of that. or something. No, none of that. Just uh, brother would get yelled at, and. The guy would feel so bad for my brother, he'd just be like, all right, go ahead, go on in. And my dad would buy him an ice cream or popcorn or whatever he wanted and make up for it. Yeah, take the beat and then get in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, so here's something that you can probably relate to maybe a little bit. So when I was growing up, first, I grew up a Rangers fan, but the first ever NHL game I went to was at the Coliseum. It was an Islanders game. I was there at the time. I was a big Colorado Avalanche fan, too. The Avs were in town. And... My dad leaves me in my seat to go grab a beer or something from the concession stand. I have, I'm sitting there by myself. The Islanders mascot, Sparky the Dragon, walks up, sees me in my avalanche hat, and dumps a whole bucket of popcorn that he grabs from a fan on me. Well, I don't blame him for that. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing the yeah. wrong colors. You're and asking colors for trouble stand. there, yeah. I was 12 years old. That's the first experience I have at an NHL game getting attacked by the mascot. They're trying to toughen you up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, don't, probably, come in, don't come in their house. I guess not. <laughs> probably easy target, too. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, 12-year-old Jesse was definitely an easy target. No. <laughs> Better than a beer on the head. This is true. Shake the popcorn. Anyway, so the Solar Bears uh, taking on South Carolina. It's been an interesting season so far. Uh, the one thing that we talk about a lot, especially when, when there's a media presence in the locker room after games or, or at the practice facility, the cohesiveness of this group this year. It's unlike any I've seen with any team that I've ever worked for personally. And for you guys in your playing career, Mike, obviously your career a little bit more extensive than Alexander's, but nevertheless, whether this is in pro, juniors, or, or even peewees, I mean, how tight how tight-knit of a group is this? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, when I got traded here, it was like a seamless transition. Um, obviously, I knew Mike from before, but... Uh, all the guys are great, like the staff and the, the coaches and everything was just, you know, we were riding high and it was great to come in and be a part of that and contribute and thankfully I'm still here and like I said, we just want to keep rolling with it. But it's a really, it's a fun group and when you have guys that are as tight as they are right now, um, you just work that much harder and you don't even think about it, you just sacrifice yourself for the betterment of the team because you know that's what everybody's working towards and that's what you want at this time of the year. Well, the thing is, there's no real clicks on the team besides when you get out of the rink and it's home to Fortnite. But around the rink, you know, there's no clicks. Uh, usually when you get guys coming down from the A, they tend to stick together and kind of isolate themselves. I mean, I've seen it in the past years, a couple last year maybe I could say. But this year I feel like everyone hangs out as a whole where it makes it that much easier for guys coming in or, you know, going out and doing something and something happens on the ice, let's say a bad hit, it's easier to step up and stand in there for your teammate knowing that he has your back as well and he's not out there doing something wrong. With 
the captaincy, Mike, this is your first year as captain with the team, but you were part of the leadership group last year. How does uh, applying accountability work for you? Do you delegate it to someone else in the locker room? Do you take take the reins there if someone needs to be reined in? Or how do, what is your approach there? Uh, I'm more of a vocal guy, so when it comes to my mind, I tend to uh, speak it where some guys sit back and just listen or you know, someone will pull someone aside, but I like to hold the guys accountable. And if I see something not going right, you know, I tend to let them know on the spot, hey, that's not how we do it. Let's pick it up. You know, I had some great captains, Zimmerman last year, Darren McMillan back when I played in Quad City. So uh, I learned a lot from those two guys and just try and do my best to hold guys accountable. Well, what's maybe the best piece of advice you've ever given, been given as a pro hockey player? Uh, don't point a finger at somebody because there's probably 10 pointing right back at you. Fair enough. All right, so the Solar Bears, as we said, taking on South Carolina this week. I mean, what have you guys been paying attention to as well? The NHL, a couple of interesting matchups here. Orlando's NHL affiliate, the Lightning, getting underway Wednesday night. They take on Columbus. Uh, it's been a pretty wild season for the Lightning, 62 wins, uh, tying an NHL record matching the 96 Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, you can't really make that up. That's uh, that's wild. Um, they were talking about, like, because I listened to Spit and Chicklets too, um, that podcast with uh, – Bissonette and Whitney and um, they were just worried about them staying hot for too long and then maybe cooling down but I don't know they just look like a freight train and I don't know if anyone's going to stop them hopefully Pittsburgh but we'll see oh that's tough I know I, I wanted to sit on that I didn't want to let you out yeah, too early right. <laughs> Pittsburgh guy <laughs> well, what are you thinking I mean we, we've got uh, th- this is the one thing that blows my mind this year in the NHL more than anything else there are so many guys that have been able to hit 100 points whereas in the last few years it looked like the offense was starting to dry up but uh, Kucherov of course over 120 points Crosby the last game of the season knocks in two assists to get to 100 as well but several players getting to that 100 point plateau I mean are we seeing do you think we're going to see an eventual uptick in, in offense trickle down to the ECHL as well speaking from a defensive standpoint you know yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine getting 100 points in a season let alone uh, two three seasons that I played I think geez I score at the most eight goals a season this guy's putting up pretty good too. yeah thank you thank you yeah. thank you but he's putting up how many 60 goals 50 goals whatever yeah, it, it is but that's something. unbelievable for that guy but as for the coast I don't see it changing that much uh, I there's feel a lot like of good defensemen coming down from the A and whatnot that are and goalies that are unreal I feel like too if you have a player in the in the ECHL if they're on that pace eventually they're going to get called up before they have a chance to get to 100 or even remotely close to that I mean take a look at Troy Burke he's up and down between Orlando and Syracuse this year he's over a I think by season's end it was one and a half points per game if you match that to a full season sure he'd crack 100 but he's obviously had his looks up at Syracuse as well yeah, and Berkey's a unreal player, you know, great vision, uh, good goal-scoring touch. So for guys like him, I could definitely see him getting over to over the 100-point mark if he stayed a full season. But like you said, you know, he's got those call-ups that are going to definitely happen sometime in the season when you're putting up 50 points in 30, 40 games. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about some of the hockey stuff. What are you guys doing away from the rink? How do, you, how do you guys wind down when you're away from, from the Amway or the RDV? Uh, I mean, like on a practice day? or right. on, a, I mean, on an off day, what are you doing to, to kill some time? Uh, on an off day, I mean, usually you try to get your sleep. Um, just between the travel and 
you know, the late nights and everything, you want to kind of get your body clock back on like a normal pace. Um, so I'll usually try and sleep in, which honestly goes to like 10, but that's good for me. Um, usually head over to RDB. I mean, usually you're kind of banged up some sort of bruise or you go in and see Chappie real quick and get the treatment. But I hit the hot tub and the cold tub and it's always kind of a nice thing for the body. And then, I mean, if it's sunny out and it's not raining, um, kind of today's been kind of back and forth but normally i'll go out for maybe 30 minutes or an hour just kind of get some sun hang out with the guys play some music and just kind of chill out and Fortnite is a big big uh time consumer um it's definitely huge on this team i have not i have not made the a squad yet i am working on my craft every night and uh you know it's actually it's it's cool because it's like a chat room too like people think it's like you're just playing video games and you're not like talking to anyone but the thing is is that like you could have like four or five guys in a party chat so even when you're not with them you know like some guys actually set their consoles up so they're just actually hanging out with each other but um like my friends and he probably can understand this too like you have guys all you know teammates all over the country canada and it's just nice to just catch up with them so play some video games you know and I think that's the best way to do it, too, through the uh, video games, like you're saying. You know, you got your buddies back home or guys from past teams that you don't really stay in touch with. You don't pick up the phone uh, and start talking to each other. But, you know, when you see them online, you send them that party invite, and it's a nice, easy way to catch up and shoot the conversation in nice terms. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, certainly the focus will be primarily here for hockey over these next few weeks. Uh, Probably as good a time as any to wrap this one up. Uh, Solar Bears take on the South Carolina Stingrays in the first round of the Kelly Cup playoffs beginning this Wednesday, April 10th, and Friday, Game 2, April 12th. Both games at 7 p.m. at the Amway Center. Hopefully we're able to pack the den and uh, see the Solar Bears get off to a good start here uh, as the playoffs get underway this week. So that'll do it for Episode 8 of the Orlando Solar the Bears podcast. Once again, Alexander Kukali, Mike Manfredo, thanks for joining us. I'm Jesse Liebman, and we'll catch you next time.